0: The armor of God, part two. Now go with me into Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 17. Ephesians six ten to 17, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the old armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the all armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having guarded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, take in the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Which is the word of God. Now, last week, we started by talking about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. The first two armors of God. If you missed that message, you can go on YouTube or Spotify to um, catch up on that. And now today, we continue in the next two, which is the shoe of the preparation of the gospel of peace and the shield of faith the shield of faith but just before we go into that i just want to mention this um i just want to mention this quickly we must first or we must never interpret a word without being sure that the interpretation fits the context we must never interpret a word without being sure that the interpretation fits the context You'll be amazed that if people paid more attention to context, most of the misinterpretation we have would be solved. False doctrines, heresies have come out of misinterpretation. So you, 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 you're reading your scripture, your Bible, for example, and then you just pick out a verse that says, therefore, and you just read that you don't have the full context with therefore. You know, what we just read right now, there's a part that says, stand therefore. And then the armors of God were listed. But you miss the fact that it's meant to be used against the devil. You miss the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness of this age. Let's be careful when it comes to interpreting the word of God. It, you must have the full context. If you see, therefore, just go back a few verses. If you still don't get the context, go back a paragraph. If you don't get it, go read a pericope. If you don't get a pericope, read the entire chapter. If you don't get the chapter, go, go back to the previous chapter. But let's be careful not to interpret the word of God out of context. Now, the reason why I said that is because the first Alma, we're talking about this morning, talks about the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. And it's easy to hear that and think it talks about evangelism. I've actually had people teach this in that kind of context. But while that is important, while that is biblical, while that is true for us to evangelize, the apostles' teaching here, has to do with the armor of God. The apostles' teaching here has to do with spiritual warfare, how to defeat the enemy, and how to live a victorious life. So we must be able to to carry out basic exegesis of the word. We must be able to do that. So we do not have misinterpretations um, all over the place. Amen? Now, it goes on to say, the scripture says that, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, everything there is important. Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The word shod there is mostly used in reference to um, horseshoes. If, if you've ever ridden or you know, rode on a horse before, you would see they, they have horse shoes. And those shoes would usually have like spikes. Um, underneath them, and that's to prevent the horse from sliding or slipping. Okay, so Apostle Paul is using that as a reference. It says, You shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of, of, of peace, meaning, don't just put on the shoe, but make sure that what you're wearing has a firm grip. Make sure that what you're wearing is able to make you stand. You are immovable. You are solid on the ground. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Stand fast, be brave, and be what? Be strong. Many believers today do not have their feet sharp. Meaning, while we may have shoes, we are not grounded. We are not firm. So, we are sliding and slipping everywhere. (laughs) We are sliding. Many are no longer resolute. We compromise on things easily. We compromise easily. It's difficult to get a straight answer. Is it a yes or is it a no? We have to start, we turn, we just turn. turn. Is it a yes or is it what? Is it a no? The lines are blurry between the church and the world. We don't know the kind of stand <coughs> to even have anymore. And my question for you this morning is, what do you stand for? What do you stand for what do you stand for there was a time when jesus entered the temple and the people were just messing around in the old place there were money changers there were gamblers there were people with animals just they turned the old temple into something else what it shouldn't be and jesus entered and he flipped the table he was angry he was upset because what you're doing here isn't what you're meant to do in here Sent them parking. That's not what this place is meant for. This is the house of prayer. He reminded them, my house is a house of prayer. This is where people come to grow in their faith. This is where people come to get answers to their prayers. This is where people come to meet with me. So he was upset. And he just sent them parking. And I think of that scenario in today's context or in today's church. You see people in the church, money changers making noise, doing all sorts. we just say, you know, guys, it's okay. You can stay here, but just keep it down, okay? You can stay here, but just be quiet. All right, just just let's just keep it down. <laughs> we see people with animals and everything in places. Oh, yes, it's okay. Just it's okay, just keep an eye on them, all right? It's okay, just, <laughs> just stay on the side there. <laughs> what do you stand for? Oh, I don't want to be misquoted. I've not be misquoted. What has been clearly quoted in the word. You can't be misquoted on what has been clearly what? Quoted in the word. It's not me. You have a problem with it? Go and meet the person that wrote it. Go and meet the person that did what? That said it. <laughs> Do you believe the divine and inspired word of God? Do you believe the truth? Are you ready to stand for the truth? This is what it means to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. To stand firm and not compromise. You must be ready to take a position. If you're going to fight someone, right? If you've seen people who fight, the first thing they do is they try to take a position you know i will stay here you will stay there people try to just what would make me if they are wearing things that are heavy they take off their clothes they take off their shoes they take what what they're trying to do is to take a position so they can defeat the other person what do you stand for once you begin to compromise on god's word you will start slipping and sliding both in doctrine and in practice Both in doctrine and what? And in practice. Once you begin to do what? To compromise on the word. So we've allowed different things to infiltrate the church. Infiltrate our lives. Infiltrate our homes, our marriages. Just because we've refused. And I'm intentional in using that word. Because we've refused in taking a stand. Because you can actually choose to take a stand. You can choose to. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. Second Corinthians 1, 18 to 20 says, But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. <laughs> For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes for the promises of god is in him in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of god through us this gospel of peace is not of yes and no all the promises of god in his son jesus they are yes and what and amen All the promises are yes and what? Amen. God is not inconsistent. God does not compromise. God does not need any adjustment to his word. He is perfect. He is perfect. Every promise he has made is perfect. And in the name of Jesus, his promises concerning you will come to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus. So in Jesus, you stand resolute. In Jesus, you do what? You stand resolute. You tell yourself, I cannot deny him. I cannot deny my God. I cannot disappoint my God. No. I cannot betray my God. Temptations will come your way. Temptations will come for you to sleep. And slide <laughs> People will invite you to places you've stopped going. You will be invited to do the things that you stopped doing. The things that you couldn't resist when you were in the world will be brought to you again to see whether you will stand and be resolute. And you can only do that based on what you're wearing. You're prepared. It says the preparation. You're prepared. You're prepared. In the book of Judges, the children of Israel were oppressed by some group of people called the Midianites. And then they cried to the Lord for him to help them and deliver them from this oppression. So cut the story short. The Lord appeared to Gideon Gideon was called a man of valor the Lord appeared to Gideon and said you know what this assignment is for you so Gideon got 32,000 soldiers so they could go together and do this work and then the Lord said you know what these are too many men I don't need this this 32,000 for what no these are too many men so they began this process of elimination. One of the most <laughs> amazing things I've seen in the scripture. They began this process of elimination. And the first thing Joshua, um, Gideon said was, If you're afraid, just go back home. And out of 32,000, 20,000 people just stunned and went back home. All he said was, If you're afraid, huh? You've not even gotten the full scope of who. work yet. If you're afraid, just go back home. And 20,000 people turned and went back home. And I remember reading this and I paused there for a long time. Thinking to myself that fear is the number one discouragement. Number one eliminator when it comes to people achieving their destiny. When it comes to people walking in their purpose. When it comes to people getting their blessings being delivered. Fear. Fear. If they haven't seen the enemy, they haven't gone to war, they don't know the full scope of the work and 20,000 people, I'm sure when some people saw the others leaving, they said, I'm going to just go uh, because they're all going. Let me just go. And sometimes we just do that just in the name of fear. You just heard it. You've not even seen it and you turn back. Fear. 20,000 people. And then, (laughs) we're left with what now? What's that math again? 12,000. And then the Lord said, no, there are still a lot. Bring them to the river. So, we took them to the river. And the Lord said, look out for the ones who go on their knees by the river. And start drinking the water with their tongue, not with their hands. And by the time they got to the river... 10,000, they've not even gone to war. I don't know what kind of fest is that. There were so, 10,000 people got on their knees and began to drink, you know, 10,000 plus began to drink with their tongue, not with their hands. But there were only 300 out of 32,000 that stood, used their hands to drink. They didn't put their sword down, they didn't put anything down, they didn't kneel, but they remained in that prepared position because anything could happen anytime. And they used their hands to do what? To drink. And the Lord said, Those are the people that I need. Those are the ones I can rely on. Can God rely on you? Or will you are you will you will you be on your knees drinking? Because when you're on your knees, you show you're not ready. God seeks remnants who can stand, not crowds. He seeks who? Remnants who can what? Stand, not crowds. Crowds don't move God. There were 32,000. But the Lord knew they know what I can achieve, what I want to achieve with this 32,000. Oh, thank you, Lord. So you must be watchful. And the last. The scripture scripture says that, you know, watch and pray. And the reason is very simple. The enemy is never tired. The enemy never gives up. (laughs) You defeat him today, he won't accept the defeat. He would go and try to attack again. And most times he will attack you. He will try to attack you when you least expect. It comes when you, you, you have your guards down that's when it comes to try to do what to attack you to attack you there are times when we feel like we have this high spirituality you know we feel like we're like really up there it's like this moment for example we've been praying and fasting for 21 days so you'll feel like yes I'm up there I've gotten you know this um what's it called now I have this immunity right I have this immunity, so um, 21 days, let me just, um, let me calm down. Calm down for one month. Are you with me? Calm down for one month. Let me just, you know, yeah, at least, ah, we've been doing 21 days now. Come on, we've been praying every day. So that one should cover. (laughs) That one should cover some more days. But here is the truth of the matter. The enemy is watching. As a matter of fact, this is when you don't stop. This is when you don't what? You don't stop. The church may not be calling for another 21 days, but you continue every day to pray. You continue to pray. As a lizard in your heart, you wait on him. You had a fast to eat. You continue to do what? To pray. To pray. There's no immunity when it comes to this, that you know, yeah, we, we just relax. No. That's why this Friday, we kick off again with revival night. Yeah, yeah. We kick off. Full joy. Because what comes with victory is joy. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. So now the next armor of God we're going to be talking about is the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Ephesians 6 verse 16. Ephesians 6 16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked one. (laughs) So here the apostle is now moving in another direction. Remember last week we mentioned that the first three armors are different from the second three ones, right? In the first three, you will see him say, you know, having the belt of truth, having the breastplate of righteousness. But now, the language changes. It says, taking the shield of faith, taking the helmet of salvation, taking the sword of the Spirit. There's a difference between having and taking. When you see a Roman soldier resting at the base or resting at the camp, He sits there, he lies down there, but he puts down his shield, he puts down his sword, he puts down his helmet. While he's resting, one thing he doesn't take off is his breastplate. He doesn't take off his belt, and he doesn't take off his shoes. But as soon as the alarm goes out in the camp, he gets up. He picks up his helmet, he picks up his shield, he picks up his sword. So these three are the ones that you take up, not the ones that you wear. So now Apostle Paul is shifting into another dimension in here. He says you need the shield of faith to protect you from the things targeted at you. You need the shield of faith to protect you from the things targeted at you. It says that with this shield of faith, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All of them. These fiery darts are destructive and they are deadly arrows of the enemy. They are destructive and what? Deadly arrows of the enemy. What the soldiers will do then is they will take these darts. And then rub something um, inflammable on them. So that by the time they fire, right? Once it hits its target, it burns. Once it hits um, the camp, it hits a home, it hits a roof, it just goes into flame. It hits someone's body, it begins to burn. So that's why it's called fairy darts. The intention of the enemy with these things is to destroy and to kill. Not to wound you. It's to destroy. It comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He is not nice. He is not your friend. He has no good intentions for you. The enemy does not know what repentance is. He would not be nice at some point. So the scripture says that he fires fairy darts, not one, but darts. He fires them in different directions. Towards you personally, towards your children, towards your family, towards your business. He just goes trying to see which one will hit. I mean, ask Job, he will tell you he knows about that. He fires. Satanic attacks could be against an individual. It could be against a family. It could be against an institution. So everything was well for you yesterday. Everything went well yesterday. That doesn't mean you should be quiet today. Have you thought of the fact that when Jesus came back from the wilderness after 40 days of prayer and fasting, who was the first person that appeared to him? Of everyone to show up, Who was the first to appear? It was the enemy. It was the enemy. That's not when you expect to see him. No. (laughs) So yes, we finished 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is when you should watch and pray. That's why the word of God says pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. Psalms 91 verse 5 says, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Nor of the arrow that flies by day. They are there. The enemy is constantly firing. Is constantly what? Firing. Harrows of fear, harrows of doubt, harrows of evil imagination, harrows of sickness, of death. Those are the things he's always doing what? Firing. On Friday, we spoke about the fact that the enemy forms weapons. He looks at his targets. The scripture says, no weapon formed against me right, shall prosper, right? Meaning, those weapons are not readily available. He looks at his targets, the nature, the composition of his targets, to determine how he forms his weapon. So, those weapons, in a way, they are customized for each saint of God. But here is the beauty about it no matter what it forms no matter the amount of fiery darts the shield of faith will quench them all Amen. the field the shield of faith will what will quench them all quench them all you must be shored with the gospel of peace ready to meet the arrows with the shield you must be alert you must be active you must be mobile be able to raise that shield whenever it comes in any direction. First John chapter five verse four, our anchor scripture for the year. It says, "For whatever, whatever is born of God, overcomes the world." And this is the victory that has overcome the world: our faith, our faith, our faith. You know why? Because faith is the shield that quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy faith is that shield we're not talking of a physical shield here somewhere this is a spiritual battle so how do you raise that shield it is your faith even our faith it's your faith because faith points you to the power and the character of god faith does not point you to yourself. It points you to the power and the character of God. I have here, I said, faith is the ability to quickly apply what you believe to repel everything the enemy tries to do. It is the ability to quickly, quickly do what? Apply what you believe. You read Hebrews 11, you will see in there A lot of the patriarchs in the scripture, they lived by faith. Abraham, it was by faith. Isaac, it was by faith. Jacob, Moses, just go on. Joseph, it was by what? By faith. By faith. Faith points you to God and his promises in his word faith does what it points you to god and his promises in his word at the point when abraham was was shaken oh, i'm blessed oh i have all those things i'm blessed but you know what I, I i don't have it i don't have i don't have an heir i don't have my own child i don't have it and then the lord himself the lord himself came to him in genesis 15 verse 1 this is God himself speaking to him. Genesis 15 verse 1. says, the Lord appeared to him in a vision. Right? Saying, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your what? Come on, say that word again. I am your shield. And what else? Your exceedingly great reward. You know, something about the word of God is this. It never contradicts itself. Old Testament, New Testament, it never contradicts what? Itself. I am your Shield, I am your shield. The Lord speaking to him, Don't be afraid because the enemy was already firing the darts of fear, the darts of doubt. That no, you won't be, you will just die like this, you will just die like this. No, how you know how powerful faith is. Abraham, who was shaking at the age of what, what was that? Was it 75? that was afraid, right? That how can I have a child? At this point, not only did the Lord bless him and Sarah with a the child, they were, it was over a hundred at this point, right? If I, I mean, right? Bible study moment, right? It was over a hundred at this point. I was having this discussion um, earlier this week with my wife. And then, Isaac began to grow. And at some point, Sarah died. Guess what Abraham did again? The man married another wife. He married another wife and her children. Someone who about 30 years ago said, you know what, I don't know if anything is going to happen. That's what faith does. That's what faith, that's what it does. That's what it does. Don't let the enemy defeat you with fear. No. You lift up that shield of faith you lift up what that shield of faith it throws the arrow of fear your way you lift up that shield and you quench that arrow you say that the lord has not given me the spirit of fear but of power of love and of sound mind i quench you this fear in the name of jesus that's how you lift that arrow it throws. that's how you lift that shield it throws another arrow of sickness your way. You tell him (laughs) that he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes I am what? I am healed. You raise up that shield and quench that arrow. That's how you quench it. Someone comes to you and they tell you oh you are going to die. You say no. (laughs) Raise it up and say I shall not but live to declare the works of the lord even in the land of living that's how you raise that shield so you know what you must know his promises you must know his word so you can quench those arrows don't be afraid don't be afraid don't be afraid this right here this solves it. arrows this right here this does what this solves it some of you here might have experienced such before in the spiritual i've experienced such before i've experienced such before you quench it with the shield of faith oh thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus no arrow no dart of the enemy shall fall into your life in the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. none of them shall come near you Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now just before I close, let me touch on this. let me touch on this. I wasn't sure if I would get here, but let's, let's go. Go, into, go with me into First Peter chapter four, verse 12 to 13. First Peter chapter four, verse 12 to 13. And I'll begin to close with this. It says, Beloved, do not think it strange. Concerning the fairy trial, <laughs> which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, You may also be glad with exceeding joy. You know, one of the things that make up our identity in Christ is fairy trial. Persecution. Suffering. And I've discovered that many believers don't like to hear that. But whether you are a believer or a non-believer. You will go through persecution. You will go through suffering. You will go through very trials, meaning trials that are, they are hot. <laughs> A believer will face persecution. Will face persecution. And we will partake in Christ's suffering. So, what. Peter is saying here is when it happens, what you're doing is you're partaking of Christ's suffering, and the end of that is glory. For some other people who are persecuted in the world, they are suffering with nothing to come out of it, with no assurance of victory. But for us who are believers, At the end of this, it says that the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And also, we will be given not just any kind of joy, but exceeding joy. Exceeding joy. So, I would rather be delivered from fairy trials in Christ than die from fairy darts in the world. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 10 to 12 says but you have carefully followed my doctrine manner of life purpose, faith long suffering, love (laughs) perseverance persecutions afflictions which happened to me in Antioch, at Iconium and Lystra what persecutions I endured And out of them all, (laughs) the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All who desire to live godly will suffer what? Persecution. So, the good news here is this. You don't say, well, okay. To avoid persecution then let me live an ungodly life (laughs) because here apostle paul is saying well if you desire to live godly then you will suffer persecution so is the alternative well let me live ungodly so i do not suffer persecution that's not what it is That's not what it is. The thing is though you may suffer persecution and sufferings he said that the Lord will deliver you from them what? All from them all. That's the good news. That's the joy. That's the good news. That's the joy. The Lord will deliver you from what? From them all. From them all. Paul said at a point that I was insulted because of his name. And he tells us that if you are insulted because of the name of Jesus, you are blessed. You are blessed. So some of you may be going through persecution right now. You may be going through unpleasant situations right now. Going through sufferings right now this is the good news I have for you that the Lord will deliver you from them all and in the end his glory shall be revealed and in the end you will be filled with exceeding joy and in the end you will be victorious and in the end you will be triumphant and in the end you will overcome and in the end you will win in the mighty name of Jesus if you believe that come and rise up on your feet and give God praise this morning knowing that you are victorious no matter what comes your way <laughs> I am victorious no matter what comes your way come and say to yourself I am victorious it will deliver me it will deliver me it will help me it will set me free it will make me triumphant <laughs> I will overcome I will overcome because I am born of God I am victorious. I am victorious. (laughs) So I will continue to stand and hold my ground and raise up my shield of faith and point it to God and his promises. Hallelujah. Give him a victorious shout.